Greetings, God's beloved. Thanks for tuning into the sermon podcast from Living Hope Lutheran in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for listening. Our readings today come from the book of Jeremiah, beginning in chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, and chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. Thanks for listening. God bless you. A reading from Jeremiah, beginning with the first chapter, and we'll pick up in the seventh chapter. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of King Josiah, son of Ammon of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of King Jehoiakim, son of Josiah of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of King Zedekiah, son of Josiah of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. You may be seated. This is a bit long. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I knew you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. And do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Stand in the gate, of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, you that enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings and let me dwell with you in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words that this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your doings, if you truly act justly with one another, if you do not oppress the alien, the orphan, and the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own hurt, then I will dwell with you in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your ancestors forever and ever. Here you are, trusting in deceptive words to no avail, Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? And then come stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are safe, only to go on doing all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? You know, I too am watching, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's kind of hard sometimes to say thanks be to God when we hear stuff like that, isn't it? It's good. It's good, I promise. Grace and peace to you from God our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What am I here for? What is my purpose? What's the point? I think these are questions we all ask ourselves from time to time. And what a privilege it is to have the the space and the time to reflect on such things. 
Not everyone does, of course. And maybe that's part of what we think about when we think of our freedom as Americans, this day especially, as we celebrate our independence. That our purpose is not thrust upon us, at least not explicitly. No one tells us what we have to do with our lives. Maybe you had a high school guidance counselor tell you what you'd be good at based on some test results or the grades you got. But most of us get to decide to follow our hopes and dreams, to fulfill a destiny of our own creating. And maybe not that long ago, if you were born on a farm, guess what? You're probably going to be a farmer. And uh, if your family owned a business, maybe you would take up that business too out of necessity or duty or convenience. The trades get passed on. If you came from a family of soldiers, you probably went into the military. A century or more ago, there were even fewer options if you were a woman or a person of color. But our purpose is more than work, right? It's our reason for living. It's more than procreation. It's more than doing a thing or many things. And as our world grows more and more fractured, more complex, we occasionally will wonder what on earth our lives are supposed to be all about. Because we build lives based on our interests and desires and follow opportunities and passions to create and earn and experience what the world has to offer and provide for ourselves and our family. But is that really what we're made for? We hear this call of the prophet this morning, this first chapter of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was a descendant of a priestly family. That was the family business, being a priest, right? He was a, a tr- of the tribe of Benjamin and uh, a Levite. Though, though his family were not the ones in power during most of his life. He lived in a town about three miles north of Jerusalem, kind of on the, the outskirts, when the Assyrian Empire was beginning to crumble. And King Josiah in Jerusalem was beginning reforms that would recenter worship in the temple there and recover the scroll and all those, those good things. During his lifetime, though, Jeremiah uh, saw the Babylonians' empire become the dominant power and the temple would be destroyed. There was political turmoil and division, violence and war and uncertainty and change all around. So just as a boy, how old is he? I don't know, 10, maybe, maybe younger God, he hears the voice of God. And Jeremiah's purpose seems to come to him through this word from God. And God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And like most prophets, like Moses, just about all of them, Jeremiah says, no thank you. Thanks, no thanks. Don't want that job. It's not usually a vocation that has a happy ending, a long retirement, a pension. To be a prophet, especially during these times of trouble, would be dangerous. And how could this one, even from a family of priests, even begin to take on this call of speaking God's word, God's truth to power and judgment to the nations? But the Lord replies, you shall go to whom I send you. And, oh yeah, do not be afraid. Easier said than done. Because we know Jeremiah didn't volunteer for this. He wasn't elected by a committee of his peers. 
He was appointed by God to live out this purpose. Hear the immediacy in this calling. Today, I appoint you. Now is the time to go and tell, like it or not. God will give the word and God will guide the feet of this prophet, no matter what happens. The word will not be a popular one. Not a word of prosperity and freedom and manifest destiny. No, no, no. This prophet is first appointed to pluck up, to pull down, to destroy, to overthrow. Maybe later some building and planting will happen too. So I get to thinking about Jeremiah and I'm wondering about who are the prophets we hear today? Who is a prophet to you? Who's somebody you might name as a prophet in our world, in our context? Can you think of anybody? What is it? Bill Burr? Comedians? Yeah, comedians, yeah. They get to tell the truth, don't they? With little repercussions. Who's a prophet? Who's a voice speaking truth to power? Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Rest his soul, sure. Reverend Barber. Barber, yeah. Oprah. William Barber. Oh, there you go. I was trying to think Oprah. of his name. Oprah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Oprah speaking those difficult truths to power? I don't know. I don't know. When we hear like that word and we all go, oh, yes, something we all can agree on, we, well, we wonder. We've got to wonder about that one, right? We love Oprah. Don't get me wrong. It's tough to hear the words of a prophet sometimes. And uh, maybe they're the pundits on the radio and TV who, who daily stoke fires of division. No? Maybe they're prophets who, uh, politicians who promise change and compromise but deliver more of the same old status quo? No, maybe not. Are they religious ones arguing about this and that and bemoaning the decline of the church and, and fighting culture wars? I don't know. Maybe they're children and poets and neighbors who live in the park and people of color crying out for justice and ones who would still proclaim hope and a future for a world if only this nation would hold true to the ideals we say we believe in. They are prophets. May we hear them. May we be them. And what does God desire to be plucked down, plucked and pulled down, to be destroyed and overthrown? Well, was it the monarchy in Jeremiah's time? Was it systems of oppression hundreds of years ago and still today? Was it the temple itself? Is that what God's talking about? Well, the Hebrew Bible proclaims for the most part, this theology that understands that if the people obeyed God, they would be blessed. If they disobeyed God, then they would be cursed. They would find hardship. Jeremiah's focus was on following the commandments in the way of Moses. And this was more, he said this was more central to a life of faith than getting caught up in worship in, in some temple. And the prophets throughout history did this. They called for a return to God. Hear the voice of John the Baptist. Repent and be baptized. There were plenty of others. Returning to God. Calling for people, especially rulers, to give up on worshiping other gods. Promoting themselves. Going after wealth and power. Calling the world to change. Well, that's not always going to be popular. That's a dangerous game and... 
Jeremiah is sent to go and stand in this very place he's speaking out against, in the gate of the temple, the center of religious practice where sacrifices were made and where the money flowed. He would stand in the gate to say, Amend your ways. Repent and believe. Let God dwell with you. Hear that. God is speaking, pleading to the people to be allowed to dwell with them. God longs and desires to be with them. Eugene Peterson writes it this way in his paraphrase, the message. Only if you clean up your act, the way you live, the things you do, only if you do a total spring cleaning on the way you live and treat your neighbors, only if you quit exploiting the street people and orphans and widows, no longer taking advantage of innocent people, on this very site, and no longer destroying your souls by using this temple as a front for other gods, only then will I move into your neighborhood. Only then will this country I gave your ancestors be my permanent home, my temple. Jesus taught in the same tradition, though different, But from the beginning of his ministry, 600 years after Jeremiah, we can hear Jesus calling people to turn their lives around. From the beginning of his ministry, calling them to repentance. Repent, the kingdom is near. Repent and believe and calling them to serve. Jesus called his followers to practices of radical generosity, nonviolence, humility, and an end to oppression. As God with us, he held children in his arms and rebuked any who would hurt them. And we are all called God's children too, aren't we? And that includes the children of every nation on this earth. That word that came to Jeremiah, came and walked with us and moved into our neighborhood, welcomed us, and at the cross took on our failures of living right, of getting our act together. Because we never really did, did we? brought us back into relationship with God who knew us before we were born. Jesus names us as his family and promises to be with us forever and sends us too to serve and love. Are we prophets? Are we priests? Are we disciples? Can we hear this prophetic call today to love God, to serve one another, to protect the vulnerable among us, to welcome each other in Jesus' name. It's hard to hear sometimes over the noise of the world, over the things that make us comfortable, make us happy, whether it's a, an iPhone, guilty as charged, or shows or streaming services or other cultural stuff that gets our attention more than this prophetic word. And now, maybe now, as we continue to emerge from a global pandemic and other difficult events in our recent past, we have a chance to re-examine who we are as Americans, as the church, as neighbors. And we can reflect honestly on how we've done things in the past, maybe consider ideas that we've held on to for so long and reflect and find out what's most important. Many are reflecting on their careers. We're hearing of job changes and uh, people moving careers from one thing to another, starting their own businesses, working in different fields. 
others reconsidering relationships, and others their faith and spirituality altogether. We're taking stock, maybe, as a, as a people. And that's a good thing. I think it's an opportunity for us, especially as people of faith, to let go of the things that have held us back, to find new ways to practice our faith and, and welcome and serve, to get out of old bad habits and, and open our eyes to what's new around, to hear God's voice calling us here and now and to let go of whatever has made us afraid. Because that word comes to us too. The word of God in Jesus Christ still speaks to us inspires us, calls us, knows us, sends us. And each one of us, baptized into this, yes, priesthood of all believers, is called to die to ourselves, to our selfishness, to rise up in new life now, forgiven and renewed with this word of God in us. God gives it, and we don't need to be afraid Just like God promised Jeremiah, we are not alone. God goes with us. We all have a purpose. You have been called and sent with a word of hope to share. That's a great purpose to have, to go and speak life to people, to walk with others who are suffering, to just sit and listen and just be. Even when we're afraid, We're called to go and tell the good news of what God has done for every nation. And we share what we've received here. Grace in Jesus Christ, his body and blood. Forgiveness given at this very table. And a promise that Christ will be with us on the way. So we say we want God to dwell with us, to to move into our neighborhoods, to walk with us, to abide with us and be with us always. And even though at times we have been caught up in the ways of the world and the ways we've always done things before, the traditions that bring us comfort, when we hear the voice of the prophets, we hear God's voice calling us back to the core of our faith, calling us back to God, called back to the word and the font and the table, called back into Jesus' arms to be washed and fed and blessed and sent to go and tell others. And we can be reminded of our calling as disciples, to be ones who do not bow to any power but Christ, who do not need a temple to worship, who do not trust in the world, but in the crucified and risen Savior, Jesus, who sees us and knows us and welcomes us as we are, who casts out our fears and goes with us always to live our purpose the one he has for us. To share love and grace and peace in his name, this is our purpose, to love and to serve, to trust in Jesus, to go and to tell. Thanks be to God. Amen.